Hey guys, it's Keon, and today I'm going to give you my recap on UFC 266, which just went down last night. I'm recording it the next day. Uh, I know it's been a while since I did one of these, um, a recap, you know? And uh, honestly, this past summer, I've, first of all, of course, you guys know that I always make these uh, videos on my YouTube channel every week. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of MMA, you know, and um, when it came to uh, like Saturday nights, for example, when events would usually be on, I'd be out with friends, you know, like that's the time when I'm, I'm out with friends, seeing family, friends, and uh, I'm just not really in the mood to like tune in on MMA. So the entire summer I was following MMA still. I was still keeping up with all the results and everything, seeing highlights online here and there, but I wasn't really watching the events. So I just, um, I didn't think there was a point to really give a recap if I, I, I didn't fully watch the events. I'd even watch uh, UFC 265. That was like uh, Cyril Gunn and um, Derek Lewis. I just saw highlights for all these fights, you know, um, this entire summer, I just I really want to dedicate it to seeing friends and family more because I'm, I'm doing a lot of videos. So I just wanted to take a break on the recaps for now, but I'm happy to be back. I do want to do this weekly again. It was uh, fun when I was doing it originally. And now we're back with UFC 266, which was an awesome card. I enjoyed it from top to bottom. You know, there was a lot of uh, fun performances, fun fights, and I think the best way to start off this card is with Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. Um, damn, Alexander Volkanovsky, man. You know, uh, let's start off with him. This guy is in his absolute prime right now as a fighter. When we're watching him fight, when I was watching him fight last night, I was just thinking to myself, we got to really simmer in this moment and enjoy this version of alexander volkanovsky right now because he's in his absolute prime you know um the entire fight he was just pressing forward on the feet he was the aggressor on the feet you could tell that um he was just he was much better you know there's different levels to the in this game and volkanovsky proved that in this fight with brian ortega especially when it came to fighting on the feet um brian ortega he's improved a lot on his stand-up you know uh especially against his fight with korean zombie his last fight i was like man this brian ortega this version of brian ortega really um really changed you know he really grew as a fighter he's not just the jiu-jitsu guy anymore he's now also a really solid striker you know the way he pieced up korean zombie i was very impressed with that so i i was thinking you know it, it will be it will probably be even on the feet when it came to fighting volkanovsky but volkanovsky pressing forward wasn't afraid to get hit or for most of the, most of the time he was just avoiding the shots um his power his just just breaking down Brian on the feet. It, it was beautiful to watch and credit to Brian, man, because Brian was eating some huge shots. There was times in this fight where it, it gave me, it reminded me of moments from Brian Ortega versus Max Holloway. You know, it, it really seemed like uh, Brian was taking a beating in this fight. It wasn't as bad against Max Holloway, but there was hints of it 
in this fight with Alexander Volkanovsky. And uh, I, I give credit to Brian Ortega, man. He's such a tough fighter, uh, regardless of skill and everything like that. He is so tough. He, he went up against two of the most dangerous featherweights of all time, probably two of the greatest featherweights of all time, and took a beating, but didn't go down, basically. Even that Max fight, you know? Uh, Brian Ortega didn't go down. It was the ref who had to stop that fight. So, um, Brian Ortega, I also have to give credit to him because, yes, he wasn't finding the most success on the feet, but that moment in round three, round three was just one of the greatest rounds that I've ever seen in my life, and it will probably probably go down as the best round in the UFC for this year. I'm not sure of all time, but for this year, for sure, I would say that was the best round because it was just... It was crazy, you know. We we had uh, Volkanovski continuing to press forward on the feet, connect with his shots, and then Ortega drops him. I think it was with a left hand, and uh, Ortega drops him, and immediately mounts him, and then gets a hold of a guillotine. It was just like it w- it was the perfect sequence of events for him to happen in that moment. He's down behind on the scorecards, and then knocks Volkanovski down and then immediately just fits into a submission position, you know, and he's just mounted on top of Volkanovski, guillotine choke really tight. I thought the fight was over, you know, I was watching this fight with my dad and I'm just like, damn, like it's it's really going to happen like that. He's really going to like uh, be outstruck on the feet and then just randomly get a hold of a submission like that, like this. And uh, it was... It was crazy to see, but what was even crazier was Alexander Volkanovsky surviving that guillotine choke and getting out. Um, That was amazing. You know, that really moments like those, it it really shows uh, the level they're at in the moment of their careers. So that's why I was saying we're we're seeing a Volkanovsky in his prime. There was nothing he was going to do. He he wasn't going to tap to that. You know, he would have rather went out than tap. And for him to not even go out to that guillotine is just it shows how much heart he has right now at this level in his career. And that's why he's the champion. You know, you got to have a heart of a champion. And that moment itself really displayed that lion heart. But what even continued that? So after escaping the guillotine choke, Volkanovski's on top. Right away, I'm just like he he needs to bring the fight back up. I don't know I don't know what he's doing on the ground right now with uh, Brian Ortega, and he was finding some success with ground and pound here and there. But then Brian off his back locks up a triangle choke, and this triangle choke looked really tight, you know. Um, and I was like, why why didn't you get out? Why didn't you get out, Alex? Like you had the the moment to get free from the ground and you decide to stay there stays there gets locked in the triangle i don't know how this didn't even finish the fight too because that was really tight as well you know really tight triangle choke but somehow once again that that championship heart that volkanovsky has right now he used it in that moment and escaped from that triangle choke and it was just such an intense i I felt bad for brian ortega in a way because you know this is a guy who would have won the fight with these submissions against most fighters, you know, but Volkanovsky 
what I'm trying to get at with this entire spiel of things is that Volkanovsky is on another level right now and we, we need to enjoy it, you know? Like, he is receiving not hate, but he's not receiving the respect that most champions receive. And it's time that we, we respect this guy. He beat Max Holloway twice. I know people are wary about that second decision against Max. I personally, as a Max Holloway fan, I think Volkanovski won that second fight um, personally. Um, but yeah, like Vol Alexander Volkanovski just really impressed me um, in this fight with Brian Ortega. He continued to... He continued that pace in round four, round five. I don't know. You there there was a moment where it's like, okay, maybe you should stop this because Brian Ortega is taking some big hits, you know. And you know, and <laughs> credit to Brian Ortega, man. I, this guy was uh, taking as much time off as possible when it came to, uh, you know, like like Brian was definitely playing up, but. You know, all power to him. He he did what he had to do in order to survive. Just wasn't enough against someone like Alexander Volkanovsky. And it's one of those fights where both men, they walk away as winners. Um, of course, Volkanovsky walks away as the winner of the fight. Unanimous decision. There was like a 50-44 as well. Um, and Brian Ortega, you know what? Two, two title defenses. Not title defenses but two title fights that he lost to but two fights that you could possibly say are like will go down in featherweight history as classics you know like that max holloway fight classic that fight last night with volkanovsky classic he gets to go home to tracy cortez classic you know it's just this guy is winning right now even though he lost last night credit to him everyone's going to respect him especially for all the heart that he displayed as well so it's just i'm I'm proud of Brian Ortega, very proud of Alexander Volkanovsky. Next fights for both of them. I think for Alexander Volkanovsky, I, I really just want to see him fight Max Holloway again, you know? And I know Max Holloway has a fight against uh, Yair Rodriguez in November, I think it is. I just, uh, I hope, I, I really wish they didn't make this fight, you know, Max Hol Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. It's one of those fights where it's just it's not a it's not a good scenario like max holloway can look really good in this fight and win but it's just like it's against yair rodriguez not the biggest name in featherweight he is a big name in featherweight just not the biggest and a fight that many will expect max holloway to just dominate but if he loses it's just you have a star in yair rodriguez to rise up but it's just max holloway right now especially after that calvin cater um fight you're going to want him to be at the top, you know, and then risking that with a matchup against Yair Rodriguez. It's I'm iffy about it, but I understand it. I hope he does get past Yair Rodriguez and fights for the title for a third time against Alexander Volkanovsky. It's just one of those rare moments where I'm accepting of a third fight between the two of them because those two, first two were very close, especially that second one I could agree on. But um, I would love to see a third fight because I think Max Holloway is a much different fighter now um, as well. But Volkanovski is. So it's just I, I I would love to see it. That's it. Like, that's the fight I would like to see. So I'm definitely excited um, for that as Alexander Volkanovski's next title defense. As for Brian Ortega um 
man, it's it's really hard to say. It, it's it's going to be weird to see him uh, not fight, like be in title contention. He's not going to be in title contention anytime soon unless like uh, another ch- champion comes in. Even if Max wins as champion, it's going to be hard for uh, Brian Ortega to fight for the title again. But I think a good fight, see, like a good fight for Brian Ortega would have been Yair Rodriguez in my opinion, but um, obviously, like, that's not going to match up right now, but I think like, I like you You got to give him someone like Giga Chikadze, you know, uh, that's, a, he's a fun fighter right now, Giga. Chikadze or Chikadze? Chikadze. I think it's Giga Chikadze. He has to, he's been looking good. He, he beat Cub Swanson very uh, in impressive fashion last time around. And I think uh, that would be a good fight for Giga, but it, de- it depends what you want with uh, Brian Ortega. Do you still want to keep him at the top and like try to get back to a title? Or are you willing to give him these up-and-coming fighters and there's a chance that he might lose to one of these up-and-comers and then further dwell down in the division? It's, it's a tough uh, position for Brian Ortega right now, but I think Giga would be a fun fight or... Uh, I'm just thinking who else is at featherweight right now, man. Like, it's uh, kind of difficult to say because uh, everyone is kind of just wrapped up in this division right now. But yeah, I think Giga is a fun fight. Um, yeah, Giga versus Brian Ortega. I like that. But uh, of course, Brian Ortega has to recover from that entire fight because he he, he did take a beating for sure, you know? So uh all the best to him. I hope he recovers soon and comes back soon because I do enjoy some Brian Ortega action. Uh, co-main event. Let's talk about that. Valentina Shevchenko, of course, she defends her belt against Lauren Murphy. TKO, fourth round, elbows and punches. Man, it's it's crazy uh, how dominant she is. And uh, it's funny. My dad brought this up. He was like, you know, Valentina reminds me of George, you know, George St. Pierre in a way. And it's, I think he's, I agree with him on this, you know, she does remind me of George St. Pierre because not only in just like the, the sense of dominance, but also like the style of fighting. Uh, maybe they're not the exact same style, but they are both very good strikers and very good grapplers, you know, and yeah, it does give me hints of George St. Pierre in a way, especially when she throws like her high kick. It reminds me of George's in a way. But um, yeah, I think she she's like the female George St. Pierre, in my opinion, you know, uh, just pure dominance right now. Like every fight she's going into, you expect her to win and you expect it. It's, it's just a matter of how is she going to win at this point, because it's just it's too easy for her. You know, like Lauren Murphy, respect to her for like hyping herself up saying you know like she i'm unlike anyone she's ever fought like you got you got to say these things i understand why lauren murphy said that but it just wasn't enough against valentina shevchenko man she's just valentina is just levels above every female in the 125 pound division right now and it's it's fun to watch you know i i can't deny it maybe the 125 division isn't that stacked maybe that's a uh an, an issue as well but i just think we we have to give credit to valentina as well for just being all around such like a true mixed martial artist and that's exactly 
what she's trying to do and what she said she's like i just want to be the best mixed martial artist and that's like that's kind of like what george felt like when he was fighting he he would always say that too he was like i just want to be like the best mixed martial artist and i think that's where the similarities really uh really match up in my opinion and i really see how what my dad was saying that she reminds me of george st pierre so we are watching a generational type fighter where not many people can do this i what what title defense is this for valentina i think it's her fourth or fifth like when you when you're getting to these levels of title defense defenses in the ufc you're an elite level fighter in my opinion and it's really hard to get there she defended the belt one two three four six times damn man six title defenses like i I don't care that's just it's 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 impressive you know it's very impressive generational type of talent that we are witnessing right now and she just everywhere in this fight she just dominated feet ground took the fight down um connected on the feet um it all ended in the fourth round when uh she dropped lauren with some shots and then continued to throw ground and pound before the ref stepped in basically so it was just just like a clean performance you know and she she left that fight without any marks on her face it, it really lo- didn't look like she was in a fight at all but um yeah good job for valentina who would li- i like to see her fight next oh man this is hard you know because it's just like she she beat everyone basically there's really no one especially after jessica andrage you know jessica andrage um was the last hope I had for someone defeating uh, Valentina in this uh, division. But even her, she couldn't do it. And she got dominated as well. So after that moment, I was just like, I don't think anyone's going to be able to beat Valentina at 125. Her only, the biggest competition at this point is Amanda Nunes, you know, like that. I can't really say anything else. Like, I think the other the other female I would like to maybe see go against uh, Valentina is uh, uh, Taylor Santos. She fought earlier earlier in this card in the prelims. She defeated Roxanne Modafferi by unanimous decision. And yeah, I would like to see that fight if they need to make a fight. But aside from that, like I, I still think she's going to beat uh, Taylor Santos in my opinion. So I think Valentina at this point, if she does want to continue defending her belt, cool. I respect that, but I really do want to see a third fight between her and Amanda Nunes, regardless of her losing to Amanda twice. It's the same situation as Max Holloway and uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. It's just like, despite the two defeats, the fights were so close and they've looked so good since those two defeats. It's just... I wouldn't mind, you know, like I wouldn't even mind uh, seeing that third shot. It's it's not one of those Tito Ortiz versus Ken Shamrock three situations. You know, this is like completely different. So that's why I'm in support of a third fight between her and Amanda Nunes. And yeah, I would like to say who, who Lauren Murphy should fight next. But honestly, I have no idea. You know, maybe Taylor Santos. I don't know. Um, this is when, when I look at the. Uh, the women's flyweight division I I just think this is Valentina's world we're living in it you know and everyone else is just pawns to her game to her her world where she continues to grow and they're not really doing anything and Lauren Murphy she's a solid fighter I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on Lauren Murphy at all but um, man there's levels to this game and Valentina is 
like way up like she's in penthouse right now everyone's at like 15 20 she's at penthouse uh, valentina right now so i um very impressed with valentina shevchenko let's talk about robbie lawler versus nick diaz um exciting fight you know many people looked at this fight as the that fight that was like the the main event basically you know this was the main event of this card even though it was like the third fight of the night of the pay-per-view card and of course you know that it, it was exciting the storyline itself 17 years in the making for a rematch nick diaz coming back after six years um robbie lawler goes through a storied career becomes a champion and now is at this point he's such a different fighter from their first fight and it, it had the makings of a just like a fun fight and honestly i do think that's what they gave us it was a very fun fight i enjoyed it there was moments where i did think they looked older for sure you know uh compared to their first fight especially because you, you've seen them fight f like for the first time back when they were young guys basically and they were so fresh so fast so powerful this you could see that downgrade for sure um especially with nick diaz you know like nick diaz did not look like the same nick diaz from before he was not in the best shape he was slower like when he was throwing his shots he didn't look really fast he was throwing with a lot of volume don't get me wrong but the difference with old Nick Diaz and this Nick Diaz is that he would throw with a lot of volume but press forward and just control the pace of the action because of that killer cardio that the Diaz brothers have but this fight wasn't that Nick Diaz was his back was against the cage for most of the fight basically was throwing with volume was taking the shots from Robbie but for most of the time he was moving back he even ran away a couple of times and these are things that the Diaz brothers would make fun of so much when their opponent would run away. They'd be like, what are you doing? You know, and Nick Diaz is doing this now, you know, so it's just. This should be expected. The guy didn't fight for six years. He's how old is he now? Is he 38 years old? He's an old man now in this sport, especially. So it's just. It sucks that he's not in his prime anymore. I, I will say that. And that's that's just what it is you know it, it it sucks that he wasn't in his prime in the third round basically is when the fight ended so uh, Robbie connected with a right hand and then Nick went down and just he wasn't out or anything he just didn't want to get back up and at that moment the ref stepped in basically people are saying Nick Nick quit in that moment I don't think it was a quit it was just I think it was the right move, to be honest. I'm happy he decided to just say, all right, like, that was a hard shot. I'm done. Like, I, I can't take any more damage because a lot of fighters just go out there swinging until they're fully unconscious. And, you know, just be smart with your life outside of this. And I think uh, that's what Nick was thinking in my mind. I think he was just thinking to himself, like, it's not worth it to take any more damage. He's winning. I expected this. I, I I do feel like Nick expected 
like a beatdown like this coming. He was hinting at it, especially at the press conferences, interviews, and then um, having this fight move from 170 to 185. There was just a lot of uh, factors surrounding this fight prior to it where I was just like, okay, he is not going to look at his best. And I think he knows that, but he went out there trying and he put on an entertaining fight, you know? Like, I think this was a successful moment for both fighters in my opinion and it ended on the perfect note and yeah you know like it's just it's it's weird to see especially with nick diaz because like nick diaz is just we you know nick diaz and this wasn't nick diaz you know like personally i i don't i don't think this was the nick diaz that everyone grew to love back in the day when he was just that guy always pressing forward uh throwing with volume wasn't afraid to get hit slaps all around like he was one of the most intimidating fighters ever and last night against Robbie Lawler he didn't look like like that at all you know so it's just that's that's what it is you know I it's expected and it does suck but um congrats to Robbie Lawler I want to do I want to talk about Robbie Lawler because he put on a very good performance it was the most active he's ever looked on the feet in his past couple of fights where he's lost and he there was a fire that Robbie had in this fight that I haven't seen in a in a while and I think um I think this was like a good fight for him to, after all these defeats I think I, I don't know what losing streak he was on but he was on a pretty sizable losing streak four 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 fight losing streak so for him to get this fight after and get the win I'm happy for him for that and he even said himself like this fight really pushed me uh more than ever because he wanted that uh that win you know he wanted to avenge that defeat 17 years ago and he did that and I'm I'm happy for Robbie Lawler you know he he really needed this uh for himself and I'm happy he got it and at 39 man he looks really good you know like um, his body at the age of 39 is amazing and uh good for Robbie Lawler I think uh that, that's just the best way I could put it uh next fights for both of them so for Rob honestly I'll say this the next I don't think either man should fight after this I think this should this was a beautiful retirement fight for both of them in my opinion um for Robbie, he could retire with a win, avenging a, a defeat, and then, yeah, just calling it a career. He was a champion, former UFC welterweight champion. Um, this, in my opinion, is the best way for Robbie to leave the sport. That's just what I think. But knowing Robbie Lawler, he loves to fight. You know, I see, I see how much passion he has for fighting, and I could see him fighting after this which sucks you know because i just i think there are moments like this that don't really come around that much where like you can retire on top first of all and in the man in the manner that this fight was it was such a grand fight you know for two old guys from in the ufc back in the old days of the ufc to garner this much attraction is impressive and it's just like it, it's it's one of those situations where I just think both men, regardless of the decision, should have walked away after from the sport. Even Nick Diaz, I, I, I don't think he should have to fight again, you know? I think 
he's good with retiring again, to be honest. I don't think he needs to um, continue fighting, especially with all the years off of not fighting and just being on the sidelines. Just he was robbed of his prime with that entire weed scandal. And it sucks that that had to happen because a phenomenal fighter and we could have seen some classic fights from him had that not happened but here we are in this situation where he comes back six years later doesn't look like the same guy but i'm proud of him you know he really went out there for his fans put on a show and made it exciting for a lot of people who really support him you know and this is coming from a george st pierre fan you know i wasn't i definitely wasn't the biggest nick diaz fan back in the day but uh right now i i definitely was rooting for him and i fought for him you know in this defeat in this moment of uh just being down you know just realizing he's not the same fighter anymore he's no longer the same nick diaz from before and regardless of if you like these fighters or if you don't appreciate them i think that's the moral of the story and that's why i'm saying appreciate alexander volkanovsky because these guys, they are legends, you know, they are making their mark in the sport and further growing it. And Nick Diaz definitely did a lot of that, regardless of me not being a fan of his back in the day. I have to admit that. So congrats to Robbie Lawler. Good job for Nick Diaz for trying. I do hope they call it a career, though. That's just my opinion. Let's talk about Curtis Blaze, Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Solid performance by Curtis Blades, of course, used his wrestling to bring the fight down, controlled the action there. Not really much to say, to be honest. Just a solid Curtis Blades performance, what you would expect. Jorginho Rosenstrike um, had some moments on the feet, I guess, but it just just wasn't enough, you know, against a, a really top-tier wrestler in the heavyweight division like Curtis Blades. So good for Curtis Blades. I think a good fight for him next would be... Let's see. A good fight for Curtis Blades next. I heard people say Stipe Miocic. I, I like that, you know, especially if um, Stipe isn't going to be fighting for the title anytime soon or anything like that. I think Curtis Blades versus Stipe Miocic would be a very fun fight. So I'm in support of that. Jorginho, Jorginho Rosenstreich, on the other hand, honestly, I think a good fight for Jorginho, well, not for Jorginho, but for his opponent that I'm about to say. Jorginho Rosenstrike versus Tom Aspinall. You know, it's time to give Tom Aspinall like a top level heavyweight, in my opinion. And that is a good start against someone like Jorginho Rosenstrike. And yeah, that's a fun matchup. I really like Tom Aspinall. And if you could get past someone like Jorginho, Jorginho Rosenstrike, then he's definitely going to be at the top of the heavyweight division after a win like that. So we'll see what happens with the both of those fighters. Let's talk about Jessica Andrade defeated Cynthia Calvillo. TKO in the first round punches. Very impressive by Jessica Andrade, of course. You know, I'm impressed with Jessica Andrade, especially because it's like... You, you would think that she wouldn't be able to bounce back you know, like after all these title uh, defeats against uh, Joanna Janjacek, against Valentina. But um, what I'm trying to say, I expected like a decline in her career after these moments. But she is still proving that she is levels above many of 
these fighters, in my opinion. Like she is a different class when it comes to someone like Cynthia Calvillo, who is various a very solid fighter, but just wasn't able to do it against someone of Jessica Andrade's caliber. You know, Jessica Andrade pressed forward, uh, intimidating on the feet, connecting with shots, and then eventually it got too much by the end of the round for Cynthia. And it does suck for Cynthia Calvillo, you know? I had high hopes for Cynthia Calvillo. I thought she would be, like, a, a title contender at, at one point in in her career. But to be honest, I, I just don't see that anymore. I think uh, she'll always be a solid fighter. But when it comes to like top tier level fighters in the UFC, um, she won't be able to defeat those females, in my opinion, you know, but like it, it would be great to see her prove me wrong. You know, like I, I love stories like that where, yeah, it doesn't look good right now, but all of a sudden she's a champion in like two years. That's the sport, and I, that's fun to me, um, being proved wrong, um, proven wrong all the time. You know, I think that's when I like being wrong, when a, a fighter who I, I'm doubting personally just, like, comes back and just makes me eat my words. That is, that's satisfaction to me, you know? So I would like to see that for Cynthia Calvillo, but um, right now is not the time especially against someone like jessica andrage so solid would solid win by jessica andrage i think uh, the next fight for her it's hard because we're in a division that's so like it's so not stacked you know and um basically <laughs> like it really feels like after this win against cynthia calvillo calvillo jessica is basically a top contender again and she should fight for the belt but she already fought Valentina Shevchenko so it's just like I don't know man like I, I don't even know like where her where it goes next for her at this point so it's just it's so hard to say especially at 125 right it, um I think there's definitely like a, a difference in like levels when it comes to so you, you have someone like Valentina Shevchenko at the top here then like just like right under here you got Jessica Andrade, and then the rest of the division underneath all of them, basically. That's how I see it, at least. And yeah, like, I, I have no idea who both women should fight next in this division. So we'll see what happens. But I do hope that 125 division, like, picks up, you know? I, I really want to see that happen. I'm going to talk about some fights in the prelims. Not too many things that, that I want to talk about, but uh, I'll just give some bullet points. The biggest thing I do want to bring up for sure is Marab Divashvili. Oh, man. Defeats Marlon Marais, second round, TKO punches. And, man, like, that was... That first round was insane, you know? Marlon Marais clipped him on the feet, and it really looked like... Um, Rob was gonna be finished you know and I don't know how he survived all of this but he did somehow and came, comes back in the end of that round brings the fight down lands some shots from above he didn't bring the fight down did I think I don't know how the fight got back down but he got on top at one point and began throwing some ground and pound and it looked like Marlon was out at one point throughout all all those shots and somehow Keith Peterson didn't stop it and then it made its way to round two and that's when the beatdown just like intensified Marlon got dropped by a punch eight ground and pound for that entire round before 
uh, Keith Peterson decided to finally step in and you can call it a late stoppage. I, I would probably agree with you because like it was just um, there were so many unanswered shots. I feel like when it gets to a point where it's like you, there's like 50 unanswered shots, like we, we you should stop the fight, in my opinion, even though Marlon was still like trying to show that he, he was still active, still fighting just by like doing like simple movements out of position and everything like that. I, I didn't think it was enough. I think they should have stopped it earlier, in my opinion. But aside from that, very impressive win by Marab Devishvili, man. Like, I really like Marab. I like the team he's training with, with, um, uh, what's his name? Ray Longo and Matt Serra. It's just, I, I feel like that's just such a good, good little mix of minds coming together and then just implementing that with a fighter like Marab and I I'm excited for mom I'm excited for mom I'm excited for Marab man because like this is a guy I I had high hopes for and he was on like a nice win streak before this uh, fight but it was all decisions and I think that kind of hindered him from breaking to the top of the division but this win like it, it, this was a statement you know he he survived some brutal shots like any shot any of these shots would have knocked most people out you know so it's just for him to survive that come back and then finish the fight himself win with a finish he's definitely in the top now so let's talk about who he should fight next i think a good fight for him would be cody garbrandt you know like i think cody garbrandt for, versus marab would be a nice fight uh marab versus let's see who else is good man marab versus uh Man, man, man. I want to say Frankie Edgar, but I know Frankie Edgar is fighting someone, right? I think he's fighting Cheeto Vera. Um, or you could put him, you could put Pedro Munoz versus Marab. There's just a lot of possibilities for Marab at this point. Anyone in the top 10 or top five, basically, I would like to see against uh, Marab because he beat Marlon Marais, who was number six. So that makes Marab number six, in my opinion. And he should fight anyone above that so we're, we're talking about top five at this point you know he should be at that point where he is fighting these top tier fighters rob font oh man that should that would be a fun fight but you don't want to both of them are going up right now and i do want to see both of them fight for the title so i maybe not want to make that fight but no doubt that would be a solid fight for sure but yeah lots of possibilities for marab and uh We'll see, man. Maybe Corey Sandhagen. Oh, you know, like, I'm just, like, thinking about all these matchups with Marab, and it really excites me, you know, because I would like to see a bunch of these fights, personally. As for Marlon Marais, man, it, it really sucks to see where his career has gone right now. He is on a three-fight uh, losing streak. Won that fight back in UFC 245 against Jose Aldo by split decision, and many thought Jose Aldo won that fight um and then goes on this three fight losing streak basically and it's uh it sucks man because i think uh his best days may be behind him in my opinion because he was a former world series of fighting champion had a long career prior to the ufc and now i think we're kind of dwindling down when it comes to his time at the top and yeah, it sucks to see, you know, because Marlon Marais, at one point, he was one of the most exciting bantamweights for sure. That knee against Aljamain Sterling, 
the head kick against Jimmy Rivera, submission against Rafael Asunza. Like these were some impressive moments. And then when he got matched up with Henry Cejudo for that title fight, many thought Marlon was going to win and he looked close to winning. And remember in that first round, it really looked like he was going to defeat Henry Cejudo, but uh, he didn't win, unfortunately. And now he's on a three fight losing streak. So I think a good fight for him next would be um, it's got to be an up and comer. Honestly, like it, it would be good to see Sean O'Malley against Marlon Marais. I think that would be a good fight for Sean O'Malley but I don't know what's next for Sean O'Malley as well and I know he is like weird about his matchups right now because of his contract it's a, it's a weird situation so I'm not entirely too sure what's going to happen there but I would like that fight Marlon Marais versus Sean O'Malley uh, let's talk about Dan Hooker versus Nasrat Hackprest uh, solid decision win by a Dan Hooker who controlled the action for the most part everywhere the fight went and I give credit to both men who had to face a lot of struggles prior to coming to this event, basically. That's always hard for sure, you know, like when you're trying to focus on a fight and then there's external factors just affecting it. I feel for both of them. So congrats to Dan Hooker and um, I also uh, shout out to Nasrat, man. Like I know he went through hard times prior to this fight, so... Good for him for showing up and putting on like a valiant effort, in my opinion. Uh, Chris Daukas, man, brutal knockout against Shamil Abdurakhimov. That's all I could say about that. Nice Chris uh, Daukas. I wonder who he will fight next. I would like to, <laughs> I, I want to match him up with Tom Aspinall. I, I want to match everyone up with Tom Aspinall because like Tom Aspinall is just such an exciting fighter right now. Uh, Taylor Santos, who I was mentioning earlier, uh, who should fight for the title next. She beat Roxanne Modafferi by unanimous decision. Very solid fighter on the feet and on the ground. And I think that would be a fun matchup for sure. It's just, uh, once again, I just think Valentina is going to win. That's that's just what it is. But who knows? Uh, Taylor does have the, the well-roundness in her game to go up against someone like Valentina. So I think that's a good matchup in my opinion so we'll see what happens with that Jalen Turner first of all like I can't believe this guy's a lightweight like he looks like a middleweight maybe even a light heavyweight um six foot three a lightweight you know like it's, it's crazy to see and he looked good in this fight uh he connected with some shots and ended up submitting uh Euros Medic Medic Euros Medic by a rear naked choke and I'm excited to see what's next for him, actually. I feel like he, he's going to be an exciting fighter um, in the lightweight division. Hopefully, we'll see. He's on a three-fight win streak. Yeah, you know, like, we'll see We'll see what happens, man. And, um, yeah, I think it will, it will be fun to see what's next for him. Three finishes, three wins in a row. So we'll see what happens with uh, Jalen Turner and his career. But... Aside from that, that's uh, all I have to say about the card. I'm going to give you guys a rating on what I think about the entire card. And I would say I would give it an 8 out of 10. I think it was a solid event. I really enjoyed it. Um, there wasn't really any moments where I was like, okay, like this is kind of like boring. I'm not too entertained with this. Like Overall, I, I really had fun watching this card. Maybe the Curtis Blades fight was a little a little slow, but... It was it didn't it didn't hamper on the night in my opinion. So eight out of ten for this card, I think that's a solid score that I would give. And 
yeah, let me know what you think. What was your thoughts on this entire card? Uh, did you like it? Did you hate it? Is there some things that you want to talk about a little bit more? Leave it in the comments down below. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll see you in my next recap. Bye-bye.